What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. I'm your host, Matt Johnson, a.k.a. the guy that wished Aaron Taylor Johnson was in WandaVision so he could hear him say, you didn't see that coming. And I'm Keith Baker, a.k.a. Sandal, the goblin with the messed up rotator cuff. And I'm Austin Terry, a.k.a. the guy that is cautiously optimistic that Zack Snyder's Justice League will be a good movie. Well, he's never let us down. Why should he now? It's been another great week. Another week has come and gone. We hope it was a positive one for you and that you've been having another fun weekend in the age of COVID-19. I've been watching a lot of TV this week. I started The Undoing and Perry Mason on HBO. What about you guys? Check out anything good lately? Yeah, I binged uh, Queen's Gambit and I'm working my way through Vikings as well. Nice, nice. Uh, same. That's what I was going to say as well, Austin. I just started Vikings because uh, Austin recommended it. So I am binging it, as you would say. I'm on the second episode. <laughs> um, we, of course, have also been watching WandaVision on Disney Plus every week, which we'll be getting into today as part of our ongoing bonus series where we review and break down each and every episode of the show. We've done this already with both The Boys and The Mandalorian Season 2, so be sure to scroll back up on your podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts and listen to those if you're a fan of those shows as well. Alternatively, you can subscribe to The Arnie's on YouTube and listen to all our episodes that way if you'd prefer that. If this is your first episode of The Arnie's, welcome. We're happy to have you. Our main episodes come out every Tuesday. Last week, we played and recorded our first ever game of Dungeons & Dragons, so th that was a pretty different episode than what we usually do. Austin, did you have fun with that recording session? And do you think someone that's never played D&D &D will enjoy that episode? Yeah, I had a blast with that episode. I think I can speak for all three of us when I say we each had uh, kind of varying expectations going into that one. And I think we were all just blown away by how much fun we had. I think anyone that has never played before is going to have a great time with that episode. The three of us had never played before, so it's a very entry level and easy episode to get into from the start. Absolutely agree with you. That was a very good one. As for this coming Tuesday, our Daniel Craig James Bond retrospective and review series will finally continue with Skyfall. Keith, have you been liking revisiting this franchise so far, and what are you most looking forward to when it comes to talking about Skyfall? Yeah, really looking forward to Skyfall. It's my favorite out of the four that have come out so far. You get a classic villain, you get a lot of classic Bondisms in there, and uh, without giving anything away, that's all I'll just say that. I'm looking forward to it. Perfect. I love it. I love it. So be sure to keep an eye out for when that episode drops, everybody. We have some great content out now and some more exciting stuff on the way. Also, keep in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message over on Instagram at The Arnie's or email us, thearniesmedia at gmail.com. Let us know how you're feeling about WandaVision so far and all this other content we're putting out. Speaking of WandaVision, it's time, my friends, to return to Westview for the fourth episode of this very interesting series. Although we are back in Westview technically, it's a little bit different this time around. I've been loving this series so far. I just really enjoy how they've made a genuinely fun and lighthearted sitcom while balancing this really dark, weird, and haunting at times mystery in the background. I know you guys didn't love the first three episodes. You seem to be more so wanting the show to focus on the mystery aspects instead of the sitcom, which I can understand. So... Austin and Keith, why don't you give everyone a quick reminder of your thoughts on the first few episodes, and I know it will be tough, but give us your non-spoiler thoughts on episode four as well. Well, Matt, how dare you? How dare you say I didn't love the first three episodes? I didn't love the first two episodes. I enjoyed episode three because we true. are finally That's back true. in color. As for episode four, I think this is the best episode of the series to date. I think they did an incredible job of showing how this show really fits into the events of the MCU 
I don't know what to expect for the rest of the season, but I am now fully on board and can't wait to see where we go from here. Yeah, Matthew, I no, I actually did like the first episodes. Um, the whole sitcom thing I did enjoy, but it was also with Austin in it that I didn't want it to last forever. I am glad that in the third episode we were able to kind of see a glimpse into what's going on on the in the outside world. And yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm not going to get my thoughts. I'm just going to say I really enjoyed it. If you're, I guess here's what I'll say in terms of non-spoiler thoughts in episode four. If you're somebody that maybe was, I don't know, really maybe down on the first few episodes, maybe you were wondering why, you know, how does this fit in the MCU? It's fun, but I mean, what's the point of this show? Are we going to get more? I would just say if you're kind of teetering on whether you want to keep watching the show or not. I feel like I said this last week too, like get to episode three. I think definitely try and get to this point because it will at least give you Maybe something of what you're looking for, how the rest of this se- season will go, I don't know, but I think definitely check this one out. So that's my non spoiler thought. We can't really say anything else based on how <laughs> this episode goes down. So I think without further ado, guys, somebody give me the spoiler warning. You just heard it. This is the spoiler warning. If you have not seen episode four of WandaVision, do not go any further into this podcast because we are going to spoil everything. So give us a pause, go check out episode four, and then come on back to hear our thoughts. Now, Austin and Keith, since we are officially in spoiler territory, why don't we get the pleasantries out of the way? Austin, take me through who's in this episode, who directed it. Just give me the full cast and crew. All right, Matt. Well, this series, of course, is created by Jack Schaefer. This episode is directed by Matt Shackman and written by Bobak Asfajani and Megan McDonnell. And for our cast, we have Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff. Paul Bettany as Vision, Tayona Paris previously as Geraldine, but now revealed to be Monica Rambo, who has grown up since seeing her as a young girl in Captain Marvel. We then have Randall Park as Jimmy Woo, returning to the MCU from Ant-Man and the Wasp. We have Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis, back in the MCU after an eight-year hiatus. She was last seen in Thor, The Dark World. And we have Josh Stamber as Director Hayward of S.W.O.R.D. Pretty pretty sweet little uh, group they got for this episode. I really liked it. Also, we should mention, very aptly titled episode here, We Interrupt This Program. I thought that was perfect after seeing that the, basically the entire episode was not really focused on the actual sitcom, so it was kind of a, a perfect little palate cleanser, if you will. Any standouts for you guys as part of that cast and crew? Anything you want to mention before we move on? I think it's safe to say they assembled the Avengers of Nobodies, because I didn't remember any of these people's other appearances until reading through all that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, the one I'll say a shout-out to is Randall Park as uh, Jimmy Woo. Yeah. I think one of my theories in one of our past episodes was that he was on the radio, and I think That's I right. was right. He was. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, totally agree. And Kat Dennings, I'm just, I think, in love with. So it was great to see her back as well. She's the best part of this episode, for sure. Yeah, she was great. She was so good. Okay, Matt. Obviously, this episode just dropped like two hours ago, but I already can't remember it. Please remind me what happened in episode four. All right. Before we get into it, we have been kind of, I feel like this episode, a lot of our roundtable is going to be like, I had this theory, I had this theory, and we can finally kind of uh, answer some of our own questions, if you will. The first and foremost one is, where the hell does this show take place? I know they're in a sitcom, but is like in the present day, what's going on? Now we know. So this episode opens basically right as the Hulk has snapped the vanished population back into existence during the events of Avengers Endgame. We see the craziness of the direct aftermath and are reintroduced to Monica Rambeau, 
an agent of S.W.O.R.D., a.k.a. the Sentient Weapon Observation and Response Division. She's limited to terrestrial missions and is sent to help FBI agent Jimmy Woo with a missing persons case in Westview, New Jersey. This is quickly revealed to not really be the case, and it's more of a missing town, if you will. They basically discover a static field surrounding Westview, which Monica is then pulled into. So within 24 hours, S.W.O.R.D. establishes a base around the town and sends drones and an agent in to investigate, the very same that Wanda discovered in the past episodes. Dr. Darcy Lewis is asked to study the phenomenon and discovers broadcast signals for the in-world sitcom WandaVision. They observe the town and learn that the residents in the sitcom are real people from the present that are seemingly stuck. And on top of that, they can track Monica as Geraldine. Darcy and Jimmy unsuccessfully attempt to use the radio to contact Wanda. We again see Monica mention Ultron, and Wanda promptly casts her out of the town. The episode ends with Wanda seeing Vision as actually a corpse, I guess you would say. And she thus restores the illusion, even though Vision clearly knows something is wrong. Let's uh, get into our roundtable here. I'll, I'll kick us off today. I just got to say, hands down, wow, I know we said it, but this is the best episode so far, in my opinion. Uh, I think we successfully predicted last week that they may start taking us out of the bubble a little bit more. But were you guys surprised to get such a sword-centric episode? No, it was cool jumping into this episode and being out of the bubble. But I do appreciate the first three episodes and that I like that they didn't start with this even though, I don't know, if you, would, you, would you guys be in agreement with that, that they didn't start with this, trying to figure out the whole bubble thing? Yeah. Uh, I kind of like that we started off with some mystery. I don't know, though, because I think if you were somebody that like maybe saw the trailers and weren't sold on this episode, I would almost say start with episode four and then go back and watch episodes one through three. Mm, I feel like it might ruin the, the mystery, though, right? Like the buildup in the first three episodes? I don't know. Um... Yeah, I, I was definitely surprised. I think I suspected because it was such a classic build up. I mean, episode one really was pretty standard stuff. It was pretty much all a sitcom. And then at the very end, whenever the choking scene happened, it was like, oh, OK, something's going on. Episode two, same thing, except we also got the drone. We got the beekeepers. Like, what the hell's going on? Wanted to rewound time. And episode three. Even more craziness going on. Then, of course, Monica, as Geraldine reveals the Ultron stuff, is like, what the fuck is going on? So it was just a perfect buildup. So I suspected that episode four would give us something, but I definitely was not anticipating a full on. Um, I can't really I can't remember the word like what you would call this. Like basically this episode doesn't advance the plot at all in terms of what Wanda and Vision are doing. In fact, it like in terms of the timeline this takes place basically concurrently with the other episodes. So we haven't seen what happens after. So it was like we kind of got a break with this episode and we just kind of found out what had been going on. Uh, so I, I was really I was really surprised. It's almost like a lore dump type of episode where they just kind of give it to you all at once. Yeah, which I'm still I really love the episode. I just I was a, I would I guess I wouldn't say disappointed. I was just so surprised. I mean, there's always going to be more mysteries and surprises. But I like I said, I was I was shocked that they basically, like you said, Austin, they just kind of opted to give us one episode where they basically just gave us all the answers at once. So, yeah, I'm still kind of thinking if I would have preferred a bit more mystery. Then again, I mean, I assume like next week with the, there's going to be more and we'll see what happens. So, you know, we'll see. But it, it was cool. I really enjoyed the episode and I really like seeing some familiar faces. So I was a big fan of it. Yeah, um, I enjoyed the part where Monica is shown reappearing after what they call the blip. Uh, besides seeing Scott from Ant-Man coming back into the world and, you know, reuniting with his daughter, 
this is probably like the most realistic reaction we get as people are popping back in following uh, Thanos' snap, or the Hulk snap. Uh, the way she freaked out after finding out her mother had passed away from cancer three years earlier, and then finding out she had been gone for five years, was a total shock that we hadn't really seen in the previous Avenger movies. Yeah, this was awesome. I, I love seeing the effect of the blip from the perspective of the quote-unquote normal people. Because um, we didn't really get to see this, you know, in Endgame, we see like kind of all of the rest of the Avengers come back, but we don't really get to see how it impacts the rest of the world. So this was kind of a, a cool little way to transition back and, and show us what it was like when people started popping back into existence. And the the one time we have seen, it was kind of played for laughs in spider I'm not saying that in a bad way, but in like Spider-Man Far From Home, they showed us a scene where like high schoolers basically like during a pep rally or something like the marching band popped back up in like in the middle of it so it was played for a laugh but it was really cool to see like man there is such a sadness to it too because obviously monica is like sitting in a hospital and then finds out that her like she just comes back it's she like basically for her it's like she took a nap comes back and her mom's dead it's like oh so there's definitely it makes you think about like the larger world if that had happened and you come back like just how the world itself can be different and then how like it can be personally different. So yeah, I, I like I like seeing this too. It felt really realistic and it was a great way to not only reintroduce us to this character, but also kind of, I guess, make the show definitely feel a part of the MCU. We already knew it was, but now you're showing us something we already know what it is and like what's happening. It's like, oh, okay. So this is how, this is where WandaVision kind of factors in. So this was just great. This opening and like intro into like the sword headquarters and stuff really felt like an MCU movie to me. Like, I don't know if it was like the type of camera they were using or what, but it honestly felt like I was watching this in a movie theater. And they, they did the thing that Marvel sometimes does, which is, uh, I mean, usually in the movies, it's just they show you the the MCU logo and then it goes into the movie. But I liked how they showed us this first and then did the logo. Like, okay, now it's back to WandaVision. So it, it was great. I thought this was so awesome. And totally, I did not expect it to see it either. Like whenever uh, it just starts and then you start to see like her hand come back together, I was like, oh, what's happening? Is Wanda doing something? And then it cuts and it's Monica Rambo. And I was like, oh, weird. Okay. And I was like, wait, she doesn't have powers, does she? And because I'm like, what's happening? And then when she goes outside, I'm like, oh, I see what's happening. So it was like a cool realization. So, yeah, I, I was a big fan of this. And going back to what you said, man, like I was I was expecting once I saw sword, I was like, oh, this might just be a sword episode. We might not we might not even see Wanda or Vision in this episode. It might just be like a now they're going to have like three episodes where it's just sword building up to going to the bubble. So I was not expecting them to just kind of like you said earlier, give up all the answers of the, of the beekeeper, the radio, and all the other little hints that were going on along the whole thing. Crazy. Just totally out of the blue for me, but in a good way. And I actually, I just really liked Monica as a character. Obviously, we've seen her throughout the series so far as Geraldine, but to actually figure out who this person is, how they factor more into the events of WandaVision, and how they just factor into the MCU as a whole, because it's a character we've met before, um, it was just really cool to see some like continuity with Captain Marvel. And I really like that this character is just really smart, has a cool edge and is clearly adventurous. And I like the scenes with her and the like sword director kind of talking about what went down during the blip. And now she's being basically, I guess, what word did you use? She's being grounded, so to speak. She um, is not, she's limited to only missions on earth, which I thought was kind of cool. So I was like, what else is S.W.O.R.D. working on? I just really like this character and I loved how they introduced her and seeing what actually happened to get her into the bubble. Uh, the WandaVision bubble was really interesting. So what do you guys think? Did you like Monica? I kind of wish we'd gotten more time with her in this episode. I think the intro is certainly a great performance from Tayona Paris, but 
she's really not in too much of this episode. We get her in the intro, and then when she's sucked in, she's out for the rest of it. So I kind of want to get to know her character a little bit more. I think we will. At least I hope so. I assume so. Yeah, I was hoping that we'd get a little bit of backstory on her. They have said that Taylor Paris is going to be in Captain Marvel 2, so we're going to get... I mean, I think we're going to get a nice introduction to her over the course of WandaVision, but it's nice knowing that we're going to get to see her back in more of like an actual movie and probably a bigger role. So that's going to be cool. I also loved when they're walking through the hangar and you see like all the ships they're working on. Like you can tell there, there's no way they show us all that. And then that's not going to play a part. Maybe not in this show, but at some point in the MCU, like I have a feeling there's going to be like a bunch of space fleet stuff like playing a role in this series. Yeah. Well, um, the post credit scene for Spider-Man Far From Home was it was weird it was nick fury because the basically they reveal in that movie oh nick fury is a scroll it's not actually him and then the post credit shows real nick fury and it's like oh is he on vacation and then they actually reveal he's like in charge of in some ship. crazy ship that's in space so i wonder if that's like a sword mission maybe he's left shield and he's on sword now like i have no idea but either way i think it's going to tie in in some way with the greater mcu we've got sword we've got shield is there a third organization? Is there a bow? Is there a sheath? Like, how many of these do we got? How many medieval organizations do we got working in the MCU right now? What would bow stand for? Basic organic waste. They pick that. up all the waste after after uh, superhero battles. <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. That could be a fun movie. <laughs> hmm. They're the guys who picked up after they destroyed New York City. Yeah. Yeah, they come in and they sweep the streets. God, that sounds beautiful. I mean, fucking... Disney Plus is putting out a million Star Wars shows and Marvel shows, so I'm sure we'll get that eventually in 2025, starring Jim from The Office. <laughs> like, their supervisor's like, hey, Hulk, or hey, guys, Hulk knocked down that one building on Fifth Street. We gotta go clean that one up, too. Hulk's, like, public enemy number one for this division, because anytime he just takes a step, they have to call in to, like, repave the pavement. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. like, calls his boss, and he's like, hey, dude, can you call Cap and tell him to stop telling Hulk to smash? Like, this is taking a long time. <laughs> I'm doing a lot of overtime, because Cap keeps, keeps telling Hulk to smash, and then he destroys an entire building. <laughs> and yeah, back to it. So it was also just really cool to see who and what sword actually is, at least to an extent. And that actors returned, like we already said, with Randall Park and Kat Dennings to kind of fill out this little team that's trying to figure out what the hell is going on. So what did you all think kind of seeing this organization in action? Were you like interested in what they were trying to do? Did you like the way they portrayed it in this episode? They almost seem like too good. Like I was kind of wishing that like, not for like the everyday people that are working on this case, but I was kind of hoping maybe we'd see like a scene with some like higher ups that like they have like some ulterior motive, like it seems like they're really setting up Wanda to be the the villain of the show. And I don't really know if I want that. Yeah. I want there to be this conflict with Wanda and the sitcom, but I kind of want S.W.O.R.D. to be like up to more stuff behind the scenes. I just don't know much about S.W.O.R.D. What is their motive? Is Are they like S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, from the intro, they seem to operate publicly. Um, it's just, it seems like I guess they also handle extraterrestrial threats and space stuff. Clearly, that's what Monica Rambeau was used to. And she that's why she was disappointed that she had to be grounded on earth so yeah i'm curious to see how that plays out for right now i'm assuming they're good but i don't know as for the whole wanda being a villain thing the only issue is like if she's not how are they going to reveal that like i mean she's the one that's seemingly in full control that's what monica says at the very end of the episode she's like wanda it was all wanda so it's like like what would the what would the villain's plot be in in something like this i wonder you know the way she's treating, like the way she just chucked Geraldine out of the sitcom, like she clearly had no regard for her like safety. So that's not like a very superhero move right there. 
It's like, I, I don't want her to just be like the, I don't want the whole point of this show of like, we got to stop Wanda. Like, I want something to be revealed of like, we need Wanda to help us. So we, we need to find a way to break through and get her out of this bubble. Kind of just seems like a rescue mission right now to get the people that are in there out of there. Like that one scene where they're putting all the faces on the wall. They're like, this guy plays Herb. This guy plays the, the hearts. Uh, and they have the identities of all the people that are stuck in there. I just, yeah, I kind of agree I, in a good way. I don't think it's bad that we don't know, but I am curious how the next few episodes will unfold. Like, will Wanda be the actual villain? And like Keith said, will the ultimate plot be to just rescue the people? Because again, I, I, I guess we had talked about this on a previous episode, but Kat Tenning's character did mention at one point, like, oh, the radiation levels are crazy. And then the guy's like, oh, they told us it was a safe amount. And she's like, for now. So we kind of talked about like why would they have to stop Wanda and maybe if there's this radiation that could eventually um, grow as a result of the bubble, then I guess that would be the reason to stop her. And yeah, I don't know. I, I could definitely see an arc where maybe they finally do get through to Wanda and it's like, Wanda, we know you want this life. We know, but you know, you're going to hurt people. And then she snaps out of it and stops it. That, that's kind of predictable. But yeah, I just I don't know how a villain would fe- would factor into the show. Uh, but anyway, before we get too far along that line, we're kind of just naturally at this point that I want to bring up. I kind of feel like, and it's not, this is more of a nitpick, but I did feel in their effort to explain every little part of the mystery so far, I think some things got a little muddled. I kind of wish they would have saved some of the mystery elements like we talked about for later. But ultimately, it worked well, no doubt. But um, I just hope that there are more fun twists to come. As for things being a little confusing at times, the whole concept of Westview is something we've talked about a lot on these episodes. And it's weird that they gave us an answer, but then it was so confusing. Like, I talked about last week, I guess, are the people, the actors in the sitcom, are these actual people from the present timeline trapped in there with, like, their memory gone? So... I don't know. It was confusing because in the opening scene, they have that cop like, yeah, Westview doesn't exist. And I was like, oh, crazy. Wanda created the entire town. And then later they're like, well, the people in there are real people that were living there. It's like, what? So what what are they implying here? Did Wanda move these people there? No, but they gave us the explanation for that. What was it? Nobody with emotional ties or connections to the town has a memory of it. So that's why, like, um, Monica and Jimmy were able to know what the town is and ask questions about it because they'd never been there before. They didn't know anything about it. So it seems like everyone that had a connection to this town kind of had their memories wiped in a sense. Probably that was probably Wanda's doing to keep her uh, to keep her sitcom bubble from being discovered. Yeah. Okay. I feel like they probably could have gone with a simpler answer there. Monica's. You're saying Monica's memory wasn't wiped because she didn't have a connection to the town. Is that what you're saying? When she first gets the case, she's able to say, oh, there's a Westview here. There's supposed to be a town here because she's never she doesn't know anything about Westview. But when Wanda showed up, it seems like she wiped anybody's memories that either had a connection to this town or that were like located in the town. So that's why these cops don't are like there's no such thing as Westview because they had their memories wiped by Wanda. That brings up a good question. And so whenever wanda you remember she puts her hand into the little energy field she just gets sucked in and she gets this new identity as geraldine and all that so they send that agent down into the sewers and then he doesn't really get sucked in he just goes past the energy field and he becomes the beekeeper and then the 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 cable becomes a jump rope and all that i wonder if his memory is wiped as well or if he's still the agent inside yeah we don't know i mean jimmy Wu at one point is like to the director this is we don't know 
if we should be doing that. It doesn't seem safe, and then they just do it anyway. So, and the, also the funny thing is, one I guess one mystery we don't know is we don't know what happened to that guy because he went into the bubble, but then Wanda did the rewind, and then they're just back inside. So I guess technically, if she rewound, he would still be outside. There was also like a sensor cut type thing whenever she threw Geraldine out as well. Like like we didn't see that on the sitcom. So it seems like Wanda's doing actions that she doesn't want people to see. And that's whenever the, the cuts and the censoring happen. There was also just like some little funny things that I would, it was one of those things that kind of made me go, oh, that's the solution. Like maybe we could have spent a couple more minutes writing that. Like whenever Darcy just pulls out this big machine and just like turns a knob and then we're just watching the sitcom. I was like, what? <laughs> like That seemed odd. And then she's like, get me a small TV. It's like, why? Like it, it was just kind of funny. Not in a bad way. Just there was little moments where they were trying to explain I guess it's part of a bigger problem because I felt like they were – there was no ambiguity basically by the end of the episode. It was like they told us everything. I feel like in their effort to give us everything, there were there were little things that were kind of like, huh? Like that was the route we went. But that being said, I'm just nitpicking. I just thought it was kind of funny. And the broadcast one is even worse because at first she's like, oh, there's a signal in the radiation. But then later the director goes up to her and goes, hey, how did you figure this out? And she's like, I don't know. I saw a TV signal within the radiation. It's like, really? There's a TV signal? a TV signal in the radiation. <laughs> like that was the best solution to this. It's just so weird to me. Cause like it makes sense for Wanda. If she's trying to live this idyllic life that she literally creates a sitcom world. And then we, as the viewer, we watch the show and it's presented as a sitcom. That's cool. That makes sense. It's kind of weird that there's like another layer to it where the characters of, of sword are watching a sitcom. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was really weird. I'm not even making a joke. This sounds ridiculous. Wanda is basically producing a show and it's like, why? Cause nobody would watch it. Nobody's seeing it. So it's like the only people that would ever see this potentially the way you're presenting it with like credits rolling and like all this stuff is if sword, I guess, or some organization came to the bubble, found this frequency, and then you had Darcy's weird machine that just shows it. So it was like, why is Wanda in the world making a show? That was weird to me. The credits rolling on the TV screens was what made it seem clunky. Because it'd be one thing if they were like doing surveillance and they just saw everything presented as a sitcom and that's how it looked on their surveillance cameras. Like that would feel more natural. But the fact that they're cut 30 minute segments and then there's credits and like opening sequences and stuff for the sword people. That's where it's like, okay, that's a stretch. Yeah, it was it was kind of odd to me. It felt like that might have been a step too far in terms of how they're presenting the whole sitcom element. But before we move on totally from this point, I did want to talk about some of the I guess I guess we could call them reveals, kind of of like the weirdness that happened in the previous episodes. We got explanations like we've talked about, like we already talked about the beekeeper, the the drone that had was color, the radio. Did anything that they revealed here like particularly stand out to you or you found cool? Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I just like the reveal of the identities of the people that are in there. I thought that was cool. Yeah, they were able to get everybody's names. Like, yeah, like I said earlier, these people play the hearts. The only one they didn't say was, I don't think they said Catherine Hahn's character. They didn't. I think that's yet. important. So I think I'm that's still kind of wondering on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So that might be something that plays out later on. 100% intentional. I mean, they gave us everybody, even even characters like the hearts that you mentioned that we, I think, I know they, they've, been, they've been in the background. The hearts have been in the background, but they were only like main characters in the first episode. My point being, they're giving us like all of the characters, even the side ones. And you're not going to mention Agnes, the main one played by Catherine Hahn. Yeah. So again, I guess that kind of gets us into the whole villain talk. It seems like maybe she's there on her own volition. 
I mean, what do you guys think? I know Keith, Keith, why don't you lead lead off that point? I mean, what do you think is going on with that character? Because to me, it's 100% intentional. They didn't mention her. Going back to our first episode on this, yeah, I think she's definitely up to something. Just the way she was acting in the first episode on the sidewalk with the mailman. She she just wasn't acting like Agnes in some scenes. She was, she kind of, you can kind of tell, see that she was looking off in the distance, like looking for something or, you know, observing something. I don't know. I definitely think she's up to something. She seems to be like instigating things too whenever she's rumoring with Herb in episode three as well. She's always the one that shows up out of nowhere. She clearly wanted Geraldine out of Westview as well because she tells, like she she directly tells Vision, hey, Geraldine doesn't belong here. So she's clearly trying, she was definitely trying to get Geraldine out of Westview. And yeah, she's trying to put things in Herb's ear, trying to like get in his head. I think um, she's definitely an instigator, which makes me lean towards maybe she's the villain since they didn't mention her. But again, we've already talked about like, what is the villain's role in this story? Part of me wonders, maybe, again, kind of along the same lines of her being this instigator, maybe somehow she got involved in Wanda's life post-Endgame. She was so sad. Because up until this point, I mean, if you read like Marvel Comics, Scarlet Witch is one of the most powerful characters in comics. And I'm wondering if... The way the MCU is going to explore that is they have this character played by Catherine Hahn who somehow kind of reveals maybe or hints to Wanda like, hey, you could do this. Like, or it's going to be something like, oh, you're, you know, you're down about vision. Like, oh, that's so sad. I mean, if only we could, if only he was still here and we could live the perfect suburban life or something like that. I wonder if like maybe they're going to reveal that she somehow gave Wanda the knowledge that she could create a place like this and kind of pushed her towards that and maybe didn't reveal that in the process you're going to hurt people, there's going to be radiation that could be potentially dangerous. So maybe that's the villain role that she could play? I don't know. Well, Matt, you did mention Vision there. We do get a scene towards the end where we see Vision, but half his head's missing. Oh my god. That was was terrifying. It was so good, though. Like That scene was, yeah, that was really interesting because... At first, I was kind of annoyed that they showed us the entire Ultron conversation again. I was like, they're just showing us the same scene. And then there's this weird element where, like, the scene keeps going and then Wanda casts her out. And it's like, yeah, we knew that happened. You didn't need to show us that additional like footage. Like, we know she ended up outside. Anyway, um, so I was like, why are they showing us all this? And then when Vision walks in, it was this weird thing because my eyes were drawn to him because he's so in the background and in shadow. But I was like, did, like, the makeup – I literally was thinking, like – there's something weird with the makeup here. Like, he looks so dark. Like, it's clearly just like, ah, oh, they should have taken another pass at that. And then once it, the camera obviously does a close-up on him, I was like, ah! Like, it was so creepy. Whenever it cuts back to, like, normal vision, he looks kind of out of it, too. Especially when Wanda's like, what should we watch for TV tonight? Like, he looks very unsure of, of if he wants to be there or not. Yeah. His eyes are kind of looking around at that point. He knows something's wrong. That's what we talked about a little bit earlier. I think... Uh, and that happened in episode three, too. I mean, he clearly that i think that was the one where he was like or no maybe it was episode two i don't remember but there was a point where he's like wanda something's wrong and he's not like saying she's doing anything wrong he doesn't know what's happening he's just like something's wrong here and then that's when wanda does the whole like rewound to before that and then made him feel better so i think we might see a conflict between vision and wanda at some point over that all that said i am curious i mean obviously vision was killed in infinity war by thanos ripping the mind stone out of his forehead is there any significance do you guys think of us showing his corpse form like is wanda like somehow puppeteering him essentially like what do you guys think was the significance of that if any i'm just curious like if if she just created vision as like a figment of her imagination because she wanted to live this ideal life with him 
why would he be able to like be doubting things and like be curious like right it seems like if she just created him out of the blue like he should just be kind of going along with this like no questions asked yeah he has autonomy clearly which is interesting based on what you just said yeah austin like why would he if this is wanda's perfect life like what's the reasoning there kind of interesting it could just be i think it's just her slipping in a way because you know she gets mad at geraldine's character Mm -hmm. and throws her out and that kind of and she had to use her power she kind of had to go back to her real self so i think it's just her mind slipping and then then, so if her mind starts to slip and everything around her in in the field starts to slip as well oh yeah that could be cool like her losing control yeah that's a good theory keith I could definitely see that. So what do you guys think after such like a story and, and mystery focused episode this week? Will you be let down if next week we're just kind of back into like one of the sitcom-y plots? Like I feel like it's really hard to go from this episode where we get all this, you know, mystery and modern day stuff to go back into like, uh-oh, the hearts are coming for dinner tonight. Like I don't, I think that's going to be a very hard shift to do as an audience. So what's important for you guys next week for what we're going to see from this show? I think it's going to start bouncing back and forth now. I doubt it'll go back to the sitcom thing for full on episodes, especially for two or three episodes at a time. I think it's just going to bounce back and forth. Like, like we predicted before, it'll probably go into like a nineties or early two thousand sitcom. And then, but you'll, you'll also have sword in the background surveillancing it. Yeah. Um, (sighs) I don't know. I think it will largely jump back to sitcom again that whether people like it or not, that is the premise of this show. That is what they sold to us with all the trailers. That's what they told us like the whole idea was whenever they were like conceptualizing the show. So I think they will largely go like I think the next episode will be a 80s heavy sitcom episode after that, probably 90s heavy. But I think now that they have pulled the curtain back to show us what sword is and the people are doing on the outside, I think you're right. I think they will occasionally, not fully, but I think they maybe one or two times an episode, they can maybe jump back to what's going on on the outside. And even if they don't go back too much, they're definitely going to lean more into the craziness of this world. Now that they've fully told us what's going on, I think we're going to have more overt like things going on inside the bubble, like with what Wanda's doing. I think we might see things start to crumble, fall apart a little bit. And on top of that, if they're going to reveal a villain, now would be the time to do it or reveal someone has an ulterior motive. That's what you do because now we're asking ourselves, well, how are they going to jump back? So if they jump back and they have something more sinister going on, I think that's how they hook people in. All that said, I do think we are going to, for most of the episodes, go back to sitcom. It was kind of fun to see Wanda like full on use her powers in this episode again. Do you think there's room in this show for there eventually to be like a MCU cinematic big fight scene? I don't know. I don't know how this ends. I'm really curious and I'm really excited for like the second half of this season. Um, I did want to make this point, though, because regardless of what we want the rest of the season to do in terms of like sitcom and mystery balance, I am curious for you guys what do you expect it will be? Because I know it sounds like you guys would have more jumping back or whatever. Um, is like, I don't know. What do you guys want? Like, not what do you want to see? What do you expect in terms of how they're going to balance that? I'm having a hard time separating what I want to happen versus what I expect to happen. I definitely think we're going to get at least two more full on sitcom episodes. So I think we will be back to that. And then maybe they'll do what they were doing where towards the end, they kind of reveal the mystery a little bit more. I could I could see us being back to that structure. Personally, what I would like 
is I kind of want to just stay on the outside of the bubble looking in and just get the sitcom stuff every now and then. Like I'd rather kind of have the the amount of screen time we get to the sitcom flipped with how much time we give to the mystery. Yeah, I think I'm 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 going to stick with mine. My prediction of it bouncing back and forth. And I think I'd like to see that, um, you know, a little bit of sitcom, a little bit of sword, maybe more, but I'm kind of with you, Austin, maybe a little bit more sword and see how they can affect things on the inside. Maybe the sitcom yeah. might not be running as smoothly as it was before. Now that sword's kind of figuring out things, they the sitcom might have a little bit more glitch in it. I like that idea. I think, it, I think it'll be fun to kind of see sword instigating from the outside. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what we can expect. I think it's going to be largely sitcom stuff going on, and we're going to get a lot more about what's actually going on in Wanda's head, because it, for the most part, there's only been a couple moments where she actually, like, I guess, throws aside the transatlantic accent, if you will, from, like, the, like, oh, how's it going, C? Like, how how you doing? Good morning, neighbor. Like, you're going to throw that aside, and it's going to be more like moments where she's actually, like, being herself. We might get a, some cool conversations with Vision and stuff, but yeah. I think we're going to see some bouncing back to sword and seeing how they interfere and what they want to do. So I think it's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to how they balance that. I have no idea what they'll do, but I am excited. And kind of just speaking, I guess, on stuff we expect, let's kind of – we don't have to talk so much about the actual structure. But I'm curious to kind of – before we close out here fully, do you guys have any wild theories about where this might end? Like do you have anything cooking that you want to see or – you think we might see anything? It's kind of weird because I th- I feel like I I would have been making predictions for everything that we saw in this episode. Like I, right. I didn't think yeah. we'd get it all at once. So I after this episode, I have no idea what to expect going forward. I I have no theories about what we could possibly be seeing. Uh, one theory I can think of off the top of my head is now that Sword knows a lot more about the situation, could they consult somebody from the outside? Maybe a bigger MCU character from the past? Maybe might come and help them out. I mean, you would think regardless if they consult him or not, the Avengers have to get wind of this, right? Like this huge yeah. military operation just <laughs> happening outside of New Hampshire. You would think. It's it's one of those weird things where we saw Endgame and then afterwards was Spider-Man, which was a pretty small story. That being said, we don't really know where the Avengers are post-Endgame. And that's kind of the whole fun thing about the concept of all these Disney uh, Disney Plus shows coming. But to that point, it's like I would I would you would think the Avengers would know this is happening. Why don't they? So it's, it is kind of weird. If if I had to put money on someone I think could appear, just in terms of how the character could be useful, probably Hulk, because he's now the smart Hulk from Endgame. So maybe they try and bring him in to figure it out. Again, I don't, but he doesn't really know Wanda at all. And she did, and Wanda got snapped, remember, from, uh, in, in, so he really doesn't know her at all. So maybe he wouldn't, I don't know. We just don't know wh- what the status of our other characters are yet. So it's kind of weird. Well, and anywhere Hulk goes, you know Bo's going to be close behind because they got to clean up after him. So that's a good good time to announce the Bo organization as well. The Bo organization led by, do you guys know who's leading Bo these days? It's Quicksilver. You didn't see that's coming. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a trash man now. He's back, <laughs> he's back from the dead and he's going to go save his sister. Wow. Well, Matt got a second Quicksilver joke in right there. So that means it's time to wrap it up. Everybody, thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode and the series, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really do appreciate that so we can continue to grow this show. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We will be back on Tuesday, of course, for the continuation of our James Bond series and review. Time to break down Skyfall.
Hell yeah. We already talked about some of our great content coming. We had that D&D episode. Also mentioned Skyfall. Each and every week, we are going to be putting out our reactions to the WandaVision episodes, just like this. And of course, we've got to mention, Austin and I launched a new series that Keith is going to pop in and out of occasionally. It's called Co-op Couch. It's going to be a monthly episode we put out probably near the end of the month, so stay tuned for that. But um, yeah, it's just going to be our dedicated place to talk about gaming. Gaming news, new game releases, revisiting old stuff that we are fans of. So we just put out our first episode that kind of covered our most anticipated games of 2021. So be sure to check that out. Yeah, please go check out Co-op Couch. Matt and I had a lot of fun putting that together. Uh, We're still kind of working on the structure and figuring out the schedule for that show. So check it out and let us know your thoughts. Yeah, I'm excited to pop in on that show every now and then. That, that sounds good. I'll be I'll be listening in on it for sure. If we let you pop in. Oh, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming in. And remember to check us out on Instagram at the Arnie's. Feel free to direct message us your thoughts on this episode and future episodes. Give us your theories on WandaVision. Also, remember to catch up on our James Bond series. So go watch Casino, go watch Quantum, and look forward to Skyfall. All right, everybody. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Have a great start to your week. See ya. See ya.